guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. So I have one of my dearest friends on today, Darren Olean. That's how I pronounce your name. Is that okay? That's close to the Norwegian pronunciation. We used to call it, we used to use Olean, but we t- still do. do. people call you Darren Olean? I yeah. always say Olean. I know, that's not the You never correct, correct me, so. I know, it's funny. But but the, the <laughs> hilarious the, the original it's Ulian was the Norwegian way of saying it. Oh, what do you prefer? I don't know. Whatever comes out. Okay, well that's what comes out. Darren Ulian, it is then. Oh my gosh. Okay, this is gonna be a, a very interesting, fun <laughs> podcast because I can literally recite this entire book because I I feel like I live it with you. But his new book is called Fatal Conveniences: The Toxic Products and Harmful Habits that are making you sick and the simple changes that will save your health. It sounds so doom and gloom, Mm. but yet I have to say it's information that I really believe everyone needs to know Mm. to really optimize and change their health for the better, which is why before I even go into it, I truly believe this is going to be a massive hit because people need to hear this information Mm. and people will want their family and friends Mm. to read it. Mm. Is that like what, what made you read it, even though I know you live this day to day too. Yeah. Well, you know, nothing changes if nothing changes. And so much of this is invisible, right? So if we don't acknowledge what's in our environment and we definitely know hundreds and hundreds and thousands of studies on all of this stuff that I'm mentioning in here, this is affecting our biology. This is affecting our environment. This is affecting our air. This is affecting our water. This is affecting our pets. This is affecting our children. These are affecting our food. This is affecting the water. This is affecting the soil. This, you know, so it's all over the place. So, yeah, I mean, did I want to have to write this book? No, I was compelled to. Because, you know, you've hung out with me long enough that I I like to kind of deal with things honestly, Mm -hmm. straightforward, and similar to relationships. If I have to say something, even though it's uncomfortable, even though I don't want to, kind of have to, right? And so that's the liberation of possibilities when you're actually willing to go into there. So it's the same philosophy that I have with this. I saw my father suffering as in the 90s, right? So he was suffering from chemical sensitivity. And you're like, what? What's going on? It's invisible. You can't understand it. Like, But clearly he was being affected. So, you know, cut to 30 years later, I'm learning more and more along the way and come to realize that products that should be safe aren't necessarily safe. And there's thousands and thousands and thousands, literally 60 to 80,000 chemicals that are just created every year. It's thrown into our environment and they only deal with it, relatively speaking, when it becomes overwhelmingly necessary, when it causes a problem. This is not the plan to take on society. You don't just throw chemicals into a bunch of your personal care and beauty and children's products and and clothing and and then go, hey, it's just small enough. It's not going to cause any problems. The problem is all of this stuff combined are undercutting the very fabric of our literal existence. And I don't even mean to be dramatic. Literally, men's testosterone, women's testosterone is plummeting, right? Uh, Infertility is we're sprinting toward the demise of even being able to produce normally. 
between people having sex and having it viable, right? So our motility of sperm and sperm count is completely, you know, we're sprinting towards disaster. And there's a lot of great books and researchers that have that I've been inspired by that I've used for this book to give context. So this is real data, real science that's showing a lot of this stuff. So again. I want to deal with these things honestly so that people can actually have the opportunity to have a great life, to, to not be a victim of something you and I and all of us have been born into. Mm-hmm. We've been born into this thing that was going on well before we got here. And now it's just growing. It's a growing problem. You know, you, you, you look at 1972 and they finally decided to ban DDT, right? blasting all of our, our food and, and food production with DDT. Well, guess guess what's in the blood of most of us right now? And they banned it in 72, DDT. And then we're still, we're finding this in, in the, the PFAS chemicals, the derivatives of Teflon. It's the same thing. It's showing up in all of our blood. And so this is not okay. And I don't want to wait around for someone out there or some organization or some government agency that... I thought we're supposed to regulate this stuff. That is not doing a very effective job. So, you know, ultimately underneath all of this, I want to bring out the invisible to make it visible in terms of like the information and then go, okay, I'm looking at the back of this package and it has fragrances in there, usually hidden by some proprietary, you know, loophole. So they're not disclosing hundreds of chemicals. Largely, a lot of it are hormonal deregulation. Disruptors. Disruptors. So this is the opportunity. And again, I can really break it down to like, if I were to show you something that's dangerous to use, but then I can just show you over here, use this or do it this way. It's that simple. And I, you know, last third of the book is, is all solutions. It's to, to, it's to go like, hey, man. If I can eat poison or eat this fresh fruit and veggies or whatever just from a garden, your common sense will tell you, yeah, I'm probably going to eat that rather than knowingly eat poison, right? Or chemicals or ultra processed something. So that's what I want to raise. I want to raise the attention so we can intend something different, right? So we have the knowledge at least starting to, this is a toe in the water. That's what's amazing to me. I remember when we did my book launch party at Barnes & Noble, remember? <laughs> and and we talked about this a little bit. Someone asked a question on the panel. Your, Darren was one of the people on my panel. I brought like three of my good friends. He was one of them. Emily, Sex with Emily was the other. Max Lugavere was the other. And when you were talking and like you said something about, you, you used one of the things that you talked about was a fatal convenience. The audience, because like a lot, like a lot of people were there. It was like people were like in awe, and it was after the fact. I got so many DMs and messages about, I can't believe he said that. Oh my god, I didn't know it. Like it disrupted the entire like dynamic, I guess, of the room because people were so like, like I guess I don't know if it was like just like shocked or nervous or. And I want to bring it up. I also want to say what Darren does very nicely is he doesn't just tell you about all the problems, but you do give people the solution. So this is not just about like, you know, we are all going to die in by 2025. It's like here, here is what's happening and here's how you can like fix it. And here's a solution. It's not just like, blah, this is terrible. 
the EMFs. Let's talk about EMFs because all of us are very much affected by it. Like earbuds. Bluetooth and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Bluetooth is a big one. Yeah. It's a huge hormone disruptor, mm-hmm. right? I want you to talk about it for your brain. Also, how bad are earbuds to listen to and EMFs? Overall, yeah, I mean, this is a big chapter to the point to the point where it could have been volumes of books. There's so much data, all all the way dating back to even electronics and and turning on the first telegraph. We knew that when you you know electricity is amazing because it allows us to turn on lights and use things. And but every even electricity, even in wires, it, it has frequency and it has electromagnetic fields. And these things, they've known that unregulated or misgrounded even electricity in electromagnetic fields is connected to leukemia. There's a lot of studies, too many to even call out, on children in proximity to high amounts of electromagnetic fields that are contributive to leukemia and and other types of cancers as well. So, you know, this is a topic where people can get really kind of roll their eyes. But if you start digging into the research, if you start looking at it, you will quickly realize that it was funny because I was just talking to the owner of uh, Tech Wellness this morning, and she's was chemical sensitive or chemical sensitive and electro sensitive. So sensitive more, there's, there's, there's about, I think the stat is there's a f- maybe seven to 10% of the Americans are deemed uh, electro sensitive. So people are physically can't they can't sit in this room like you and I right and there's and like my father suffered he couldn't sit in this room for other things for you know formaldehydes and phthalates and colors coming off of thing or cleaning products so my dad suffered from that so august from tech wellness was describing how she couldn't live in society because of this invisible electromagnetic radiation that's all around us So she developed a company that was then helping to contribute to lowering the amount of invisible radiation that's affecting all of us. So when it is that noticeable for someone, they are debilitated, right? So then you have to go into other things. The thing is, even though you're not being affected, even though I'm not feeling like I am, you're still biologic, you're still chemical, you're still physical i just like the shampoo just like the lotions they're still causing you hormone disruption so that's the interesting thing and we don't know it right and we is don't it because know. it's happening so slowly and it's, it's slowly and it's continuous and like some of these things are you know the half-life of some of the chemicals are like a few hours the phthalates and the parabens which are in everything right but then you have the forever chemicals the pfos's and stuff which bioaccumulate they can get into the fat tissue and stay there, which is also interesting because they're calling this term obesogens, which then create a scenario metabolically that it's shifting your ability to actually release weight because there's a toxic load attached to that and buried into the fat tissue. So that's a whole nother thing. Then tell me, what is, where do we find those? Like, in what products would we find that? Everything. Name me three. Yeah, so your lotions, your makeup, your shampoo and conditioner, your body wash. Mm. Like personal hygiene. Yeah, all your, you, so many of your personal hygiene stuff. So parabens and phthalates, 
all of those things. You'll, you'll find, which I tried to in the book, I, I went into themes. So I had a whole theme of a whole chapter to fragrances. Yeah. Because fragrances alone of a subset of loopholes around that. So then they can bury all of these toxic ingredients within an quote unquote, a, a protective IP of the company, which is just a lobbyist way of loopholing it so they can do what they want. So, but back to the EMFs, the quick summary on this, because it's so complex from knowing that these electromagnetic fields are dangerous, then telecommunications obviously came in. They created 1G, 2G, 3G, 4G, now 5G. All of the 1, 2, 3, 4 are still here. They're not going away because we transitioned to 5G. Mm. All that really means very simplistically is we've just added now more to it, infinitely more, because from a 5G, it's a, it's a millimeter wave. So there's a diff, these are different millimeter waves, which doesn't allow them to travel as far. So therefore, you need to, by at least 10 times, put up more towers in the environment for 5G to exist. So and, what does that mean? But wait, so we still have all the other towers from one, two, three, yeah. four. So that yeah. is... So it's pollute. Think of it... It's getting exponentially more... Pollution. Pollution and yeah. also toxic for your yeah, body. Exactly. So it puts you under a lot of stress. So many studies point to a few things, which is weird because it represents things that almost chemical... They come into the same categories, right? So the EMF exposure, it shows that it puts the immune system under stress, for sure. Okay. It increases free radical oxygen species, so free radicals. So that's why we need antioxidants when the free radicals, they run crazy on a cellular level and they create inflammation, damage, etc. So we're creating more of those just being in these, you know, these fields all the time. Right. And then there's some scary things that, which was, I didn't realize the alarming nature of this. Brain has got a blood-brain barrier, similar to the, even the gut, right? And the gut opens up from exposure to antibiotics or glyphosate or whatever, you know, undigested or material that should not be in the bloodstream gets in the bloodstream and causes all kinds of problems. The blood-brain barrier is even more intense. You do not want things that are not supposed to be in the brain. And what they started to show was these proteins called albumins, that it was opening up these channels in the blood-brain barrier, allowing albumins to travel into the brain that aren't supposed to be there. So they create damage that way. And then, same thing, you're show showing more endocrine disruption, from the electromagnetic fields, and you're showing testosterone. So in summary, think of EMFs as pollution that you can't see. It's similar to the playbook of smoking. At least smoking, you were like seeing someone do something, you're seeing the smoke, you could smell the smoke, and you're like, ooh, I gotta stay away from that. I don't wanna be secondhand taking any of that in. But we can't see it, we can't smell it, we can't put our finger right. on it. Right, it That's, seems intangible. Yeah, but it shows up in infinite amount of studies. So think of your device. And I was saying throw away your device, but use precautionary things when you're using it. Common sense. Even Apple started coming out saying, yeah, well, distance, you know, don't put these things close to you. So, so you're actually not supposed, fine print shows on every device, you're not supposed to put it up to your head. It's supposed to be nine inches or, or further away of your head. Right. And who's doing that, right? 
and kids. And the brain imaging of these microwave radiation of kids are infinitely more susceptible because their immune system and their the thickness of their skin. So this this EMF radiation is going all the way through their brains. So that's a danger, right? So that's think of it as pollution that we're exposing because it's here. Mm -hmm. So okay, with the phone, for example, what do we do? Don't put a phone. Don't put it up to your head anymore. Okay. Right. Find a space where you can take a take a call on a speaker, or plug back in right well plug. talk about how the earbuds because you're putting them right into your ears where yeah. close to your brain they're safe most people are like oh yeah that's it's safe right. but you won't use them no, i won't use them no, no. unless i i only do it when i'm working out for one hour versus like you know it's mm -hmm. that's my all day where a lot yeah of these then people. my all day thing but what are how does it show up is that do you get i know that they talk about it does lower your testosterone what else? Like, give me some yeah, like, yeah. That, a, that, tangible that, things it does. That's the the lower testosterone creates hormone disruption for females and and males, okay. right? And then again, the free radical oxygen, so it's creating more free radicals in your body. Can it cause brain cancer? Yeah. So gyelomas show up a lot, and this has been studied for a very long time. So people with it up to their head, and a researcher was telling me this twenty years ago. Where because you think of the body as electric, mm -hmm. right? Which it is. It's disrupting the pattern of RNA and DNA, and very clear in the the research showing that senescence, when cells are naturally replacing themselves all the time, it disrupts the body's ability to discard cells that are naturally dying. When that happens, you're creating a different microenvironment. You have now dead cells that the body is confused on getting rid of. So that is leading to environmental micro issues that potentially are creating these areas of carcinogenic activity. So a lot of research around gylomas and people just with these things up to the head all the time. So, you know, the FCC is, is just failed completely, miserably at its job because it's 20 years old. You think of... If you would do an audit on a regulatory system or any business, of, if it's their business to understand the evolution of cell phones or technology or electronics, and you were to say, wait a minute, you're still using your regulatory standards that are 20 years old when technology is advancing so fast why would you be doing that? Why haven't you updated what those frequencies, what the electromagnetic... And so they're using... They're, all they're using is proximal heat. So this uh, state of en energy regulation. So it's like, hey, if it's close to you, it burns you. That's the regulation. They're not talking about the electromagnetic fields or the frequencies or the types of frequencies that come off these things. Which clearly shows in the in the research that this is causing infertilities and testosterone and gylomas and all that stuff. And you know, in '93 to '94, the EPA was actually doing a lot of studies finding it out issues on cell phones. And then you know, it, it, they lost some funding. And then all of the regulations that the EPA was doing on the which fell in their lap to do this protection for us, it went into the FCC. And the FCC didn't say anything about what the EPA was finding in terms of the telecommunication. 
And then they just said, well, it's thermal heat. That's the only regulation we're going to give to it. And so it just makes no sense whatsoever. So your solution would be... So, so just to answer the earbud thing. Yes, um, please. It, it's the same frequency of the phone, just less of it. intensity, less kind of amplitude of, of energy going through it. So and, it's and, better to use the earbuds than put the phone towards your ear. Yes. But it's still, it's still disruptive. Think of, it, think of it. You're still knowingly putting... Yes, Call exactly. it pollution. You're knowingly causing pollution in the cranium of your head. So man, it's not, you don't have to fight against it. Just just plug back in. And know? how much is it, by you using the headphones that you plug in, how much do you know the exact amount of how much better it is? Like it, it's 50% better, it's 20% better. Do you know? Better the, in terms of what? Than using the earbud, like the earbuds. Yeah, well, you're not getting exposed to that. So it's just it's a hundred percent better, basically. Yeah, the, the, there's there's which is even the best ones. There's air tubes, so there's a line with an air tube, and you can still see it. And that's what I use. So I put earphones in with an air tube. It doesn't allow the, the electromagnetic any electromagnetic field to come through that air tube. Where'd you get them? Oh, they're just Tech Wellness has uh, has Why a bunch. Why didn't you ever show them to me before? I can only give you so much, Jennifer, <laughs> or else you're just gonna. Well, that's a good one, though. Don't you want to save my life? I would think you would. I do. I just told you. You just did. And you told I hope you, a few other people. The student is now ready. Yeah, exactly. You, you, <laughs> that's right. You finally exactly. asked the question. That's a really, that's a good point. <sighs> so, because uh, that one is the one that I think is very general. And everyone can kind of understand that one because everyone uses a phone, right? You won't put the phone in your pocket. No. Nothing. Like, even just now, when I had the phone beside me on I my just, chair, you're like, put the phone away. I mean, yeah, put it away. You don't need it on you. And if it is on you, turn it off or on airplane mode. On airplane. How much does it say? How much does it save you in terms of the radiation even from when you put it on, on airplane mode? It's hard to tell. I mean, you, it's hard to measure because it fluctuates all the time. The phone is constantly getting like signals, pinging. And so the lower bars you have, the harder your phone is working. So when you're, especially when you barely have signal your phone is constant because it's constantly looking for that connection yeah for a connection well that this goes to and you'll be you'll notice that i'm not wearing my watch my apple watch today because i knew you were coming you won't wear any of these devices like sleep devices watches because you know it's funny because now that you know we're friends, I see like the green light underneath, like that clearly can't be good to be right on your skin 24 hours. right on your hours. pulse point. Yeah, right on your pulse point. I was going to say all day. I mean, that cannot be good for you. And people now with technology, I mean, people are wearing so many devices. Not only are they wearing the headset, the earphones, all earbuds all day, but they're wearing the sleep trackers and the watches and everything. Like, are we just like giving ourselves cancer? So like, 20 years maybe prior to when we would? Like, what is happening? Yeah, I mean, just think of it in terms of stress. It's stress. We're just causing... This is, these, are, these are polarized energy fields. In the environment, it's non-polarized, right? We Think of it in terms of, like, if I polarize the sun, that would be like taking a magnifying glass and then using having the sun yes. hit it, and then I can burn something. Think yeah. of that. That's that's polarization. That's the kind of energy that we created that's non-biologically assimilative that is pointing to that phone to make it work. So that's the polarizing energy is very disharmoning for us. What's so 
interesting is the irony, right? Because these are all devices and things to try to optimize our health. The trackers, our, and everything, stuff, yeah. all the trackers, and like productivity of our life right now. Because everything right now, I feel, and you probably agree, it's very trendy and hashtag worthy to be like wellness and productivity and all of these things. But yet, the ways that people are getting there are actually the, is the opposite. It's the antithesis. It's like very harmful, yeah. right? With doing all of these things because it's giving off so much other stuff. So what would be your solution to people? Would they, should they just not use sleep trackers? Should they not use the, the Apple watches? I, mean, they, I can't. I, I don't give advice. Like I'm just I, I'm, supply, I'm, supply some supply information. Supply some solutions. I want you, for me, I don't use anything. It's I know. Like Look we, at, we know how to sleep. We know how to, you know, listen. Follow the go to back to nature. Start there first before you start needing to track. Because I guarantee, whether you had a freaking tracker or not, like I could just say, well, what are you doing? Like, oh, I'm working on that. I'm going to stay on my phone. I'm staying up all night. I'm blah, blah, blah. So I, should, I should figure out how bad I'm sleeping. You're sleeping bad. Yeah. <laughs> I know. The irony is, isn't the stress of just trying to figure out all this shit making you more stressed out and sleeping less? So use your common sense. No one has. Common sense is not that common. You know that. Right. But it's 100% true. And let me say this, (laughs) because I know Darren, and he is as real and as authentic as they come. He's not just bullshitting. He's not just writing a book and just spewing out nonsense. You literally practice what you preach. You live by this 24. I see he lives in a yurt for God's sakes and he does not wear any trackers and he will not drink out of this plastic bottle. I mean, everything you do is so true to who you are. What you say is who you are. And he is as honest as they come. I know it. And if you see him, you're not wearing one tracker. You are like, you are like, you look like the epitome of health, that's probably mostly genetics, but that's I mean, whatever. You'll say it's not, but... I've been working out all my life. <laughs> I know, he gets mad when I say that. eating a lot that. of plants all <laughs> he, my life. He eats a Everyone's lot of plants. Everyone's perfect no. in their own... Just like, let's express our own perfection no. instead of getting the crap beat out of us by stupid systems. But what I love is the fact that we're talking about common sense, right? Like people are wearing 77, people come to my house and they're wearing 77 different trackers. They're wearing the rings, the watches, the, and two watches sometimes. And they have the trackers everywhere on their bodies, the, the glucose levels and all of this stuff at the end of the day is, and, and they're all like attached to their phones, right? Because of the, you get the information to your phone. And you're saying that all of those things are just they are harmful. Well, listen, there are lower levels of energy for sure. If you want to use them and gather some data, but then 24 seven and all of this stuff, it's a little overboard. Just if you're literally lost and you need some data points, I'm not saying like, right. don't, don't use it, get some data points, whatever. Don't make it a big deal. It's like, th- this is a journey. I'm not perfect all the time. I got to get on a plane. I get the crappy out of me with radiation, but I also use the best I can. I've got, you know, silver EMF protection clothing. I'm doing, I'm mitigating. I never go in the, the TSA scanner I'm glad, ever. I'm so glad that you said that. You know that my mom told me never to go th- into that TSA scanner. She told me this 25 years ago and everyone laughed at her and me and they're like, your mom is so overprotective. She's so crazy. Why is she saying this? Even today, I still don't go through those things. And people, you know, laugh at me still to this day. Can we talk about those uh, scanners a little bit? Yeah. I mean, the information on this is so buried. 
so buried. That's yeah. why I want you to bring it to life. And I really, I, I, I tried. I really tried to find as much as I possible. But the funny thing is, there was no real strong data to show that it was harmful. I just found all of these people saying the same thing, going, oh, it's non-ionizing, it's fine. We used to have x-rays, which was ionizing and killing people. Like we, so we stopped that. And then you keep digging and they're saying the same script in a certain sense. I'm like, listen, this is, this is again, people are making this weird argument because they haven't looked enough. Ionizing radiation clearly is DNA fucking damaging and ripping apart, right? Those are x-rays. We know that. That's on the farther spectrum. And then as you come up the spectrum, it moves into non-ionizing. It goes into UVA, UVB. It goes into microwave, all of that stuff. It also goes in the extremely low frequency, which is what we were talking about with the the Fitbits. Mm -hmm. This is called extremely low frequencies. But now they're starting to find this constant exposure is, again, stress. And there's also showing that uh, there's a great book called um, Open Something, Dr. Shanna, it come to me, a great book where she epidemiologically is looking at this. And this is starting to cause epidemiological effects into the next generation from extremely mm. low non-ionizing radiation because what's happening is what people don't want just because acutely it's not ripping the dna apart right that over time the stress that i talked about before just spending like half of the podcast on emfs but i know because <laughs> this is by the way this is one chapter so just to finish that point the extremely low emfs is causing stress on the DNA, on the cells, creating, and it's showing up in motility. Listen, that is how we move the human race forward. Mm -hmm. If you are hurting something that's stopping and, and thwarting the human race from moving forward, it's probably not a good thing. And you don't need to be a rocket scientist to realize right. that is from the data showing that that's happening. So I am not a fan of saying, as long as it's non-ionizing, it's fine. It's not fine. The data doesn't support that. It's, and it's persistent, which is this whole book. These things are cumulative, right? These are constantly coming. These are a body burden that continue to add up on top of each other. This is why it's dangerous. It's we can't get it, you know, listen, the phthalates, the parabens, all of this stuff in our personal care, our shampoos, our conditioners, our makeup, all that stuff, those have half-lives. And that's true. Mm -hmm. they, they come in out of the body, the body metabolizes them, going, oh, get that out. Yeah. But then with this other forever chemicals, it's got, doesn't want to leave. The problem is... You put the lotion on and that half-life is a few hours, but you just already started with the shampoos and that half-life. And so now you're layering on top. Now you're putting the makeup on and all that stuff, but now you're putting the clothes on and then you wash the clothes in a certain laundry detergent that had all those other chemicals in there too. So now you've added layers and layers and layers of parabens and phthalates and PFAS and fragrances and all of this stuff. And then you're coming home and then what's in your home? What's the cleaning products in your home? What's what's the stain that they use? What's the fire retardant in the thing? So again, I don't want to freak people out. But but, but if we can lessen the accumulated load, load yeah. 
That's how we get better and get even if we can get even 1% better, healthy or 2%, it, it all makes a difference. It all makes a difference. Okay, so moving on from the EMFs, <laughs> let's talk about spandex because every girl in, I know, including me now, especially with athletic leisure being the most popular way people, women, girls are dressing now, that's even a fatal convenience. Yep. Tell us why. Well, what do you think spandex is made of? I it's, want you to say it because you're the expert. Right. So, so spandex is a EMFs. derivative of petroleum <laughs> it's emfs <laughs> duh materialize out of nowhere um what is it so what, sorry petroleum right so plastics nylons elastane the thing that makes it stretchy that's petroleum right so these are polyurethane these are lab created petroleum based non-regulated chemicals and you know how many chemicals it took to make that so like our Lululemons and aloe and all that. I mean, I don't call cool? out any companies in the, I am. in the thing, but they're if they're producing these things that are elastane and polyurethane and nylons and all of that stuff. Yes, the, these things have been shown to listen. Your skin is your body. It's been shown, and now you're using it. You're sweating on it. It's it's on your you know genitalia, and these things are are taking in those endocrine disruptors and it shows links to endometriosis and infertility and endocrine disruption again it's you're putting knowingly putting plastics and phthalates and petroleum derivatives on your body and then you work out in it so your body heats up has the propensity to receive more what happens when you put tea in a hot liquid pulls in mm -hmm. right that's that's the beauty of getting compounds from heat right it pulls in so transdermally it increases your viability of taking in more of these chemicals same thing with wrapping your food especially warm food in plastics we know this without a doubt this is not anything other than real data real data shows that your that the food has phthalates in it real data showing this is connected to potential uh, kidney problems kidney disease so th these kinds of things are causing again more and more stress and we're looking for form fitting now is there is there better alternatives yes more and more are happening is it fast enough no i wish some of these other companies would kind of make these changes because what's going to happen is and the here's the name of the game the name of the game is we put pressure on them then when it becomes overwhelming mm -hmm. then they make a change but until then no one does anything right so they so so again unregulated or very little regulated loopholes and then when it gets overwhelming by us saying hey man i don't want to put that on my body anymore then a change happens or right. potentially a change happens so can we how about cotton would it be better to work out in cotton like basic cotton or polyester without spandex po polyester I'm, just, I'm not i'm just making up like a yeah polyester is a chemical i know i'm saying co yeah. cotton cotton so maybe better but organic cotton the best or other silk or hemp or things like that, and they're doing incredible with weaves. But do they look okay? 
I mean, there's two things, right? Let's talk like let's talk realistic, okay? Because how much do these things cost for these solutions? Because silk would be extra, really expensive to work. But it then out you're of. not buying seven hundred of them. Okay, so I mean, let's how, talk about how it. many? How many different? How many do you have? How many different spandex outfits do you have? A lot. Because yeah, how I many? Work, I work how many? out. How many? Uh, a lot. Uh, 10, 12, 15. I don't know a lot because I'll tell you, you why. Probably have thirty. I probably have like a hundred, but I wanted to sound a little bit less, you know, bougie. So, so what but if, that's only because this is what I do. For, I, I I work out a lot. I live in them. I don't wear. I've, this is basically what I live in. I don't wear fancy clothes. So think about clothes. that. I don't wear. So then you're living like in them too. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but but that what I, why I'm bringing this up is I'm not alone. Of Most girls, women I know, they live in their yeah. spat. They live in their yeah. like in their workout clothes. Yeah. You know, that's what we do now. That's, and it's become like the thing to do. Like no one's really wearing jeans and fancy clothes anymore. So I have a lot of pairs and plus it's what I do. I love to work out. So I'm actually have probably more than the, than the average bear. And even if not like to, to have to, to work out in silk or hemp. Well, how about it? Shorts. How about some cute little shorts and you don't have to put all this other stuff on. That's a good option. I'm just yeah, saying just like some that's gal- good. good, cute, healthy shorts and you don't have to always put the freaking spandex on. But it's better for your skin anyway. A hundred percent. Like, that's a great alternative. I'm saying, like, some of these alternatives... So here, here's my... If, if the solutions haven't caught up to everything, maybe, right. right? There's some... Even after the book, I've I've heard of some better alternatives for spandex and things like that. Like what? The silk? Uh, yeah, there's some silk, but there's also a company that's doing working with a lot of the brands right now called Kentra. So they're using, instead of oil polymers or petroleum polymers, they're using sugar polymers to get the same sort of thing. Mm. Also, there's um, the elastic jeans. They're using different polymers to make those healthy that you can actually put the jeans back in the earth and it will fertilize the next generation of cotton. Wow. So there is some great solutions. I would just say, hey... I, I mean, minimize your exposure, like minim, keep minimizing your exposure, buy into your next generation of clothing that is going to be beneficial for you. And also put some pressure on the companies. Yeah. That's like what say, I was listen, say. you know, the Lululemons, the things like that. Like, hey, we love your brand. We love it. It's stylish. It's cool. It's whatever. I'm not even here to demonize them. Right. They're just doing what they're doing. Right. And so so many companies are we all need to work together but as a populace as the people listening today write them a freaking email you know write them a dm i don't know this so don't quote me i can almost guarantee because they've already been receiving pressure because the world is changing i have to believe that more more people care about what's in our stuff right they have probably started to move on trying to make better choices they just haven't publicly said it because they don't want to undercut their existing business, selling yeah. business before they have a viable solution. So put pressure on them because we the people, man, and I don't mean that facetiously. I mean, we have over 7 billion of us. We have more power than anything. And that's where my optimism comes in. Like I, I'm, I'm extremely optimistic because I'm finding solutions all the freaking time, every week. I know. Right? I'm finding incredible solutions for these things, and I get inspired. I got to do a TV show out of the whole damn thing. We get to find great people, highlight what they're doing, solve a problem, you know, better a situation. This is it. 
this is the spirit of being human. Yeah. Like, let's face the problems that were like, okay, it's lazy. It's yeah. lazy to make that out of oil. Or right? do, does it, is it not as effective? Like, if you're using sugar as your elastic versus what is actually known to be really effective, is it just an, an inferior product? Well, you define inferior, but I will say for sure, these we've become really good at it. This is just a system that we created over a long period of time. If, every, if anyone 100 years ago would have said, you're making clothes out of oil, they would be like, why would you do that? Right. Right? But we did it. Right, so we're really good at it, and it's really good at its job. Plastic is really good at containing things, and it's cheap as hell to put it into clothing. It's cheap as hell to make water bottles out of it. It's cheap as hell to form it into anything you want and put your food in it. It's easy to as a takeaway. It's easy to use as a single-use like fork. Like it's easy. It's true. Okay, but come on. Like it's, it's now, it's the bad version of circular economy. We're doing these things. It's affecting you now. So it's affecting you now. You throw those away eventually. There's no away, Jennifer. There is no place this goes where it's away. There is no way to deal with it. So it gets buried or it biodegrades after 500 to 1,000 years. It's in that process micro blasting the environment with plastics it's then neutering the insects and the other animals it's now going back into the soil back into the water and then you know what shows up when you turn on your faucet your freaking yoga pants your plastic water bottle that you threw away meaning that yeah, we're no. just doing all this stuff it's a circuit it's a, it's a cycle yeah it's a cycle that's not in our best interest it's got a, you know, it's that bad commercial where it's saying, hey, you know, we do this, but then you have all these side effects. Every one of these fatal conveniences is a list of side effects that it has. Okay, cool. You can do whatever you want. I'm not here to convince you. I'm not here to convince them. I, it's not, I'm not here to convince everyone to do, you don't have to live my life. You don't have to do anything, but I want you to have some information. All I really want you to do is go, hey man, live your life the most extraordinary way possible live your dreams go for it let it rip but just be aware that you're doing this and it's undercutting your life and you can just do that right so keep doing it because largely life is built upon habits and we yes. have you know <laughs> and and if we're being undermined by our habits you know what it affects our hustle because if you're being hijacked by your the endocrine system all the time with all of these chemicals which you are every woman on average is exposed to 126 chemicals every day just in her personal care world right 126 likely carcinogenic and mostly endocrine disrupting how much can you hustle when you're all whacked out when girls are being forced into premenstrual. Well, that's true because all the hormones that are happening now, yeah. Yeah. people are getting their periods way younger. Exactly. And it keeps on cutting Those are the false estrogens that bind to the receptors from all of these damn plastics. No, absolutely. And what I was going to also say was interesting is a long time ago, someone was crazy for saying that plastic 
was harmful, right? And now it's like a mainstream known piece of information that don't drink out of plastic or plastic that's heated, you know, basically it goes right into your food and goes yeah. right into your systems. Yeah. But 20 years ago, people weren't talking about that. And even with that makeup, right? Because now people are talking about parabens and all those things. Oh. So a lot of the things that are in the book now that people are not aware of, that could, because it's not mainstream, will become mainstream in many years to come. Yeah. But so why wait and be aware of it now? Can you talk about one that is really surprising that people would never have thought of that is really disruptive, like a fatal convenience that's super disruptive that we would never have thought of? Well, I mean, the, the one that I said in the show, the talk that we did always freaks people out is the, the dental floss. Yes. The dental floss is so wild because, I mean, what a perfect fatal convenience. Because it's a convenience of that, you know, when they developed instead of just a string, they developed a thin film and then they put some slippery substance on it. And then it goes, oh, wow, I don't have bleeding gums and I can slide this right in between. How great is that? I now have a somewhat enjoyable experiment experience as I floss my teeth. Yeah. Guess what's on that? PFAS, right? Mm -hmm. So it's heat resistant. Stain resistant, things don't stick to it, and it slides easy. It's like so the, it's what Teflon is, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's a derivative. It's a basically the grandson of, of Teflon. So, but here's the thing: there's zero regulation, none, because it's dental floss is deemed a a medical device, so they don't have to disclose anything. Nothing. Wow, it's deemed a medical device. Yeah, and then this. That PFOS, that dental floss, there was a study showing that it was linked to kidney cancer directly. So what are we doing, right? And right. that it's so interesting because, you know, you think the, the FDA, the USDA, the FCC, the EPA, you think someone's like, you can't possibly just throw these products out there That's if they're dangerous, right. right? You just can't possibly, there's no way. There's no way you can hear the older generation going, there's no way, right? But, <laughs> but the truth is, that's absolutely the opposite. And in terms of this PFOS thing, which is finally starting to get, maybe because I'm staring at it every day and aware of this, but you know, uh, it's starting to get called out. Coca-Cola got caught after my book was done. They, they had a, I think it was called Simply Orange product in plastic, of course. Which one? And, Not Fatal, the Super Life? No, 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 this book. So Coca-Cola was called out? No, no, no. So I was doing this book. Yeah. After I was finished with the book, I saw that Coca-Cola oh, okay. had their product Simply Orange, which was some sort of fake orange juice, mm -hmm. had over 200 different PFAS chemicals in the orange juice being sold every day. And they finally were, someone tested it and called them out and all that stuff. So it's like some citizen or some third-party NGO tested it, which, you know, listen, I call out a lot of great stuff the Environmental Working Group does. They do a lot of investigative stuff to try to, because again, they're filling the gaps. We are filling the gaps of the regulatory bodies mm -hmm. that have unfortunately been lobbied into oblivion and doesn't have our best interest. So, you know, in terms of the PFAS, all of this attention is starting to get. So then they enact by the government the Toxic Standard Control Act, which is now given the ability to regulate PFAS. And you're like, wait a minute, but you already had 
a regulated body, you, you, the EPA or the FDA. But since there's pressure, now they enact another one. And then companies come out and say, yep, we're going to eliminate PFAS from our wrappers because they wrap food with PFAS so shit doesn't stick to it. So people eating ultra processed takeaway food, that's also wrapped in PFAS. Like fast wrappers. food. Yeah. yeah. So fast so, food is wrapped in, in PFAS wrappers. What else would be wrapped in that? Gum wrappers, I would imagine, yeah, too. Yeah, anything that, uh, uh, you know, energy bars, like oh, yeah. the, that kind of stuff. <laughs> Things like you would never think about. Yeah, and so PFAS is in like that. protein bars. And mascara that doesn't wipe off, lipstick that doesn't wipe off, blush that doesn't wipe off, leather products that don't stain, carpets that are wrinkle or like stain-free, clothing that is wrinkle-free. All of that is a sign to run the other way. Because that's usually just a PFAS a chemical. It's not on the back of the label. It's not on the back of the product. It's a chemical inside and it's not disclosed. So how did you figure this all out? There must have been a how long did it take you to write the book? And how long yeah, and how did you figure this all out? Because if people are hiding this information, how are you able to unclose it? Like, well, you, or disclose uh, again, it. Again, there's a lot of it. there's a lot of great companies doing it. There's a campaign for safe cosmetics. They're doing great work, environmental working group, clearly. And all you have to do is Google search, Google searching. I mean, but then what, where I really would find the good research and the good information, because like you said, the algorithms don't necessarily pop up with like, it's killing you. Yeah. So I'd read good books, right? So good bo books of people really dedicated to this stuff. Then you would like, oh, wow. Like um, Dr. Leo uh, Trisande wrote a great book on uh, endocrine disruptors, Sicker, Fatter, Poorer. That's an incredible book. And he was standing on the shoulder of his, of his giants. So he's a medical doctor that was dedicated to this and then his colleagues. So then I read that thing and then going, holy shit. And then you're finding out all of his cited yeah. research. And then you're digging into that. And so it becomes, then you start finding the portals. You start finding these things. And plus, I had over 20 researchers, Jennifer. There's no way. And this, so this particularly two and a half years being exposed to this originally yeah. has been 30 from my father being I know. one of the first can ones. you talk about your father because you brought him up a few times and just explain yeah. to to people a little bit like what happened to your father yeah yeah so um my dad was a high functioning guy he was a professor at the university of minnesota he then got another, uh, another master's and became a counselor at the University of Minnesota. And in that process, in that tr transition, I think he was there for a year or two or maybe more. I don't remember because I was off at college. He started to get fogged out in his brain. He was a high-functioning guy, right? Academic, researcher, but a huge heart. And uh, then he would start discovering these headaches and couldn't think, couldn't sleep, very uncomfortable. And so he'd go to a bunch of doctors and finally a few doctors put it together. He goes, and it's a process of, process of elimination too. They were like, you might have what's called emerging condition called chemical sensitivity. So he started eliminating fragrances, colognes, uh, shampoos, conditioners, off-gassing of azo dyes from colored shirts, whatever it was, right? His environment. He neutered his environment from smelly stuff. 
chemical smelly stuff. And came to find out like he started to feel better, but then he had to force retirement because he couldn't educate his entire wing of his university. So he literally had to retire under a disability. Wow. And this spiraled him a bit. And he was loved people, he loved to help, and then he would have to distance himself. So early on in college, in order to go back home and see my father, he would send me a care package of the right deodorant to use, shampoo to use, unscented, laundry detergent, all of that stuff. Because if I was going to be around him, I couldn't have any of that on. What would happen to him besides fogginess if he was yeah, around he couldn't it. function he couldn't function he couldn't sleep he was the think of it like you know ever seen anyone with a migraine mm-hmm. it's kind of looking like that you just like you're just out of it just out and and it took him so long to recover so if he smelled something in any place he would immediately leave like sprint out of there wow. because he knew if he got affected his body to process that and to get it out took a very long time. So then that forced his retirement. He was, you know, slightly depressed, probably very depressed. He was 30 years sober. He started drinking again after that. And it probably all the pressures of whatever was happening. I think it was very linked, though, to this debilitating thing and him being isolated from the world, essentially. And then he picked up, you know, he couldn't get sober again after 30 years of sobriety and ended up dying of alcoholism. And so there's a chapter dedicated to him. And, you know, again, one of the caveats here is it was set up because he was also, he didn't have a thyroid anymore because he was part of the Navy that dealt with atomic bombs during the Cuban Missile Crisis called the Keepers of the Dragon. And uh, so they also (laughs) didn't, use a lot of precaution when you're playing with an atomic bomb. And so his thyroid got wiped out. Wow. Yeah. So when this didn't happen until you were how old? Um, I was in college. Right. So you so weren't like living 20. in college. Right. So when, but when you did see him, you had to like do all the, all those precautionary yeah. things. How much of it did you think was psychosomatic mental versus? Originally I thought it was all psychosomatic. Right. Cause if you're hearing that for the very first time, you're going, what are you talking about? Like, why you? I've never seen anyone, right? And it, clearly he was compromised because his, his, one of his master glands, his thyroid, was already compromised. Right. So his immune system, plus he'd been an alcoholic and his liver uh, in processing things was very low as well. So Was he an alcoholic when you were little? or before? He got sober when I was four. Okay, so you don't even remember him being no, an alcoholic? other than him giving me the scar. Yeah, chin. I see it. From what? What did he do? He didn't didn't mean to. He was just drunk. So I was sitting on the stoop in from the house into the garage, and he slammed the door, and he didn't know I was there, and it threw me into his sea of beer bottles, ironically, and they smashed open and sliced my chin, <gasps> and it was hanging there. So yeah, that was. But that was, you know, the catalyst for him to get sober, at least the final catalyst. Wow. Yeah. So other than that, though, he what like how, the relationship between you and your father was okay growing up because he wasn't an alcoholic yet. He was angry. He never dealt with any of the emotions, so he was like what they call a dry drunk. He was very hard, was disciplinary. A it's a, someone that hasn't done with the emotions, so he's as he's just angry, 
hasn't done dealt with himself and, and he's just uh, judgmental and intense and yelling and screaming and that was most of my life my father and then as I kind of matured we got closer you know after he divorced my mom and then I really started to understand him when I was in my 20s and 30s and 40s kind of 40s yeah but he passed 23 years ago yeah but he was an ex exceptional dude like amazing guy yeah wow yeah and so then you believe then it wasn't after you after you got over the whole like I thought I think he was crazy that it was all actually true physical it wasn't a mental yeah. health issue 100%, as well because I had talked to his doctors too because at that point they they you know, a few of them, one that diagnosed it had, had been dealing with a few people because he was up in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. So there was more population yeah. that it was starting to pop up. What would be some of the symptoms that people would notice from maybe doing all these fatal conveniences that were they're not aware of if it's not full blown, right? It's tricky. It's tricky because you, you, you can't identify it. You can't identify like cute. You can't say this is happening because but, of this. But it can show up as, uh, why do I have endometriosis? Clean up my environment. Why don't I have the energy that I want? Why am I not losing the weight? How come I'm getting sick all the time? How, how come I can't heal fast enough? Like these kinds of things, and you're not optimal. That's what I mean. Like when I wrote Super Life, obviously completely dedicated on eat the best foods ever, mm -hmm. right? Get hydrated, eat your plants, eat fresh, all of that stuff, you know, and increase your microbiome, all that stuff. But if we're not dealing with this invisible, stressed out, polluted world, mm -hmm. Then they go together, right. right? Right. So, so that was all the reason. It's like, like working out, but eating eating French fries yeah. and McDonald's right. every day. With right. The, the old school way was like, well, I burned seven hundred calories, so I'm gonna eat this donut that's six hundred, yeah. and I'm still good. Absolutely. <laughs> right. Exactly. And a milkshake, you know, to wash it down. So it's exactly it. Like it's it's basically. So at the end of the day, it's about. You know, if you if someone might be having a health concern or issue and they're not even putting two and two together because they don't know what they don't know. Yeah, exactly. And so I think the, 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 the idea is to learn, like you can open up, this is a resource book. Yeah, I like that idea. You know, exactly. You, you can open it up and just read one page. You're going to learn something. Every and, page you can learn something. Yeah. It's like, this is what I like about this book. Every page is like fatal conveniences, Wi-Fi and routers. Yeah. You know, like things that people don't even think about would be something. And you're going to get those people going, oh, come on, they're safe. Okay. Then, then you can believe that all you want. Exactly. Your biology, your chemistry, your body has to deal with your insane point of view that you haven't looked at. Like, don't, don't throw out all this stuff if you haven't looked at this stuff. Right? Yeah, at least like kind of make sure that you have the knowledge and then you can make a decision. Yeah, then, it, if, then you can decide to put those earbuds in your mouth and your in your, in mouth, your mouth in your in your ear. You can decide you can, hey, like duct tape the damn cell phone up to your head if you think exactly. that these are safe. <laughs> exactly. Like like go, again, it's not my job. Like I dug into this stuff. I used twenty researchers. These are my conclusions. Not really conclusions. These are most of them I lead with like questions. Does this sound healthy to you? Right. Exactly. Does this, does this, is this something that you feel so good that you're, you're, you're okay with using it this way? What I really want is people to enact these solutions so that they can like just celebrate things that are life giving, that are not like detrimental. 100%. You know, do you, what do you believe? 
I mean, I, I just like, as I, as you were talking, I'm just like kind of going through the book again and you say anti-aging creams, it's like you, you call out anti-aging creams, yeah. not just cream. What's in anti-aging cream that would be a fatal convenience that maybe we're not aware of that would be different than let's say, and well, like something it's, else it's, that's it's, a paraben or. It's more of a concentration of more of the, the thing. So like, you know, number one, it's greenwashing. It's it's not true. There's no anti-aging cream, right? You know, if okay, if you get if you get into, you know, peptides or something, that that's a whole nother thing. That's not right. what I'm talking about. Some lotion that's saying, "Hey, we're going to base it's basically as good as a facelift." And they're blasting you with parabens and phthalates and false claims that they really don't have to substantiate. So the intensity around that is really why I called. That was a good example of a just a just a blatant greenwash, toxic annihilation of taking advantage of people because it's just a higher version of harsh chemicals. Think of things going on in your skin as food and as nutrition, right? We're thinking of it as like trying to you know be miraculous with chemicals. No, feed it with nutrition. My good friend, Ben Fuchs is a pharmacist I've known for 25 years out of Boulder, Colorado. He has this incredible skin nutrition line called truth treatments and his vitamin C serum is 78% vitamin C, like not 2%, not 0.2%, like all this other mm -hmm. crap. Like, like he uses real stuff. So that's What's it called his line truth treatments. Can I have some? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. 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 I just, I just talked to him and I, he just gave me, I just received his stuff. I've again, I've known him, but I didn't know he was going down this doing, do he's been creating skin stuff for as long as I've known him. And by the way, let me tell you, Darren would not be talking about this or promoting it for money. It's because he honestly believes in it. Like I, I promise you, this is not just him like spewing stuff because of, uh, of like a sponsorship deal, like Darren's the antithesis opposite of that. Yeah. Just FYI. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna promote my book. I'm gonna promote my Barucas. Yes. Like I'm gonna well, promote of things. Of course. Like, I mean, that's like goes without that, saying. Things that I. That but I, you actually genuinely yeah, yeah. do, and you would never promote anything unless you genuinely believe it and do it yourself. I, tur I It makes Melissa. My CEO, I know we talk crazy. about this all the She's time. Like, oh, we were, we're very close, but then all of a sudden, I saw all these plastics in this uh, plant-based uh, meal program. Uh, it was like incredible thing. I know incredible. It's, one, it's, it's a. I'm not going to say it. Don't worry, Darren. Yeah. But it's a very well-known food company yeah, that everyone like, I loves. I can't do it. Like it's Darren a, would not promote. I can't it. do it. You, you send me this stuff, and it's got okay. It's recycled plastic, but I can't do it. I, I don't want my food touching plastic. By the way, I I feel for Melissa when I work <laughs> with Darren. This happened with me and you all the time because Darren would be a gazillionaire if he allowed it to happen, but he will not because he has no, too much integrity. There's no way. Way too much integrity, and so you turn down that food company yeah unless they're gonna help me change and they won't the, unless they are gonna help let me help them change their packaging which i can because i know big companies doing great stuff yeah but, they're, they but there's also it? other ones doing in the state of california we just found out one's doing glass they're sending meals around in glass that's so good yeah yeah but it's so, very expensive it's very expensive exactly. but that's so, what I'm saying. Some of these things are quite expensive and it's, you and some know, of us, yeah, it's like if you can afford it, great. But at the end of the day, 
Here's what I think about food. Plant some damn seeds. Put some seeds in the ground. Grow some stuff. Stop watering your lawn. Take half of it and grow food. Like, this is how we founded the America. This is how we can create food security. Like, let's do that. So we don't have to buy. So I don't have to spend $1,000 a month having people send me food. Again, I'm not knocking it because if it's, it is convenient. It's convenient as hell. When those foods showed yeah. up, I was like, holy crap, that's so convenient. Yeah. Right? Of course. Right. But it's like, let's just look at this honestly. Let's look at all of this stuff honestly and then make your choice. Right. And read a label. When you read labels, if it has too many things listed, chances are it's not good for you. Guaranteed. I mean, it's almost 100% <laughs> almost guarantee. If you're not purposely looking for something that has, for example, you know, phthalate-free, plastic-free, paraben-free, PFAS-free, you know, uh, BPA-free, BPH-free. If you're not consciously looking for it and the company's not shining it out in their marketing, then chances are you're sucking down some chemicals that you don't want. 100% <laughs> true. And then Barucas. So Darren has this company. There's a nut. It's called the Baruca nut. I mentioned it before because I eat them. They are, number one, they're delicious, but they are 25% more, well, there's more protein, yeah. less calories, yeah. uh, uh, more fiber, more nutrients, more period. nutrients, period, than any other nut in the entire world. Better than an almond, better than a walnut. And they're called Barucas. And Darren is the guy who started it. And what's happening with Barucas? Do you want to kind of tell people? Because they are delicious. That's great. We uh, have a new partner, Steve Fabos, who's been a very good friend for 15 years. He's such a sweet soul. And I'm so grateful we get to resurrect Barucas. It almost was going down. What a shame. It it was tough. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah. So internal conflicts of partners and stuff, you know, no one fault. It just wasn't working. Chemistry, right? And so we're now got a new team and we just got some tests done. So we got a third party Swiss test by this company. We're one of the highest ecologically beneficial companies that they've tested so far. So it's literally good. We have one of our slogans is good for you and good for the planet and we can validate that it's a wild food there's no irrigation so this is in the wild and we collect it in the sahadu of the of brazil and it's being threatened by deforestation so us creating value in these trees again over the deforestation of them and for the indigenous people fairly is super protective of a biome that is intimately connected to the amazon of the health of the amazon too so they're very connected and then on top of it they taste amazing and the nutrient value per calorie blows everything away Mm -hmm. it just checks all the boxes of of really wanting to make a change through conscious consumerism and get a great product out to people yeah super stoked because darren you know i i it's in the bio I, i in the intro but darren is technically the one and only superfood hunter so he hunts the best of the best superfoods around the world and brings it to, I guess, mainstream. You know, obviously he had the show Down to Earth with Zac Efron on Netflix. And Shakeology. And Shake, uh, of course. And, and he and developed by the way, I've Shakeology. Got a bu- I got a bunch of Shakeology for you. Oh, I was going to ask you about that. Did you bring the chocolate by a chance? I've got it all. <gasps> I've been yeah. like, so thank so God nice. I have, thank God I have you as a friend. You keep me like, you keep and me people healthy. don't realize that I've been drinking that, that creation for six, you know, since 2006. 
Like so that. he developed Shakeology, you guys, for for Beachbody, which is truly it's a four billion dollar. Well, it's done over four billion dollars. Yeah, it's since, done over since, four billion since dollars since two thousand eight when it finally launched. It's their most. It's Beachbody's most successful product. It's not P ninety X. It's not Insanity. For, for those of you who want who know what Beachbody is, it is Shakeology. That's kept the lights on basically. Well, I don't. I'm not going to say that. I'm, but, I'm telling you. I but mean, it's a it's a it's a team. Like you know, Carl Deichler, love him. Isabel Deichler couldn't have done it without her. They allowed this crazy guy running around the world finding stuff, and enough of the vision and coming together with Isabel to be able to go, hey, we can we can do something that no one's doing. Yeah. We can we can like crank, and it took by the way just to create clean flavors. You have to go to the flavor houses and specifically ask for natural ingredients how they're going to do it. So we had to align because natural flavors they still allow things that you don't want in your product. Mm. So we set new standards. We we have people um, don't know that. No, they don't. Yeah. They they don't know the standards, and then people steal our formula and and create a cheaper product all the time. And the millions and millions and millions of dollars, the over fifteen hundred different tests per batch. So we test everything, right? It's amazing. And make sure that the compounds are in there. Make sure that we don't have contaminations of of. Foreign. Even now, after oh, all, after all these years later, of course, this is like, and we're still listen. I still have meetings. Do you I, really? I, I literally have one after this podcast. Seriously? Yeah, yeah of course, all the time. I we're, love that. We're always in, in reinventing the formula. It's just a big ship to change. So some of the formula upgrades we're creating for next year, we've been dialing it in for three. Really? To implement it is just. It takes a bit. Well, I was going to ask you. I, I, so, was, I was actually going to. I was asking this offline. I don't know if people care or not, but what is the benefit of having that stuff, the Shakeology stuff, versus just like a because cho- I'm really like the chocolate Shakeology versus like just a chocolate protein powder. Well, it's. I mean, is of it, course is, we have protein in there, but, right? But it's a superfood more than anything. Yeah, right? we have you know uh, an array of some of the greatest adaptogens ever. So we looked at. You know, I looked at it, Isabel looked at it from what are people missing? Right. What are the gaps that people are missing? So tons of superfruits, adaptogenic herbs, uh, maitake, shaitake, uh, chaga, uh, shizandra, ashwagandha, astragalus, like all that stuff. Because you're going like, you know, it's 2006, you're going, well, we're all stressed out. Let's, let's bring in adaptogenic qualities into the formula to help bodies deal with stress. And so then you bring in all these other whole fruits and high vitamin C's and from camu camu, et cetera, to increase the fortification of natural whole foods. And then you've got prebiotics, probiotics, enzymes, like the whole thing. So it's one spoke in the wheel is protein. Which is so interesting. So that means when people like, do you not have to add other things to it? Like, you know, how people take make a shake and they add like, so many different things. Well, you can add, add whatever like, you want to it. It makes. No, it, I don't mean the. I don't mean by the berries or the bananas or. Whatever. I'm talking like they add like the spirulina, the chlorophyll, the whatever they're adding to well, it. I mean, you, you can add whatever you want. You I mean, it doesn't. Some. It doesn't matter. But we made it from a super nutrient dense. Yeah. Snack easy to do, easy it's to delicious. Yeah, it's a it's a dessert. 
It's a freaking, it's so good. It's a dessert. It is. It's it's so a, I don't use it as a dessert, but it could be. Yeah. I mean, smoothie bowls and all kinds of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's. That's just like a whole other It's tangent. still a standard of mine. You know, I still, every For day. For real it is. Every day. Exactly. Can you go through your habits that you do every day to be as healthy and as fatally inconvenient? You got to get that in, don't you? you gotta, yeah. Well, you no, gotta. I don't have to, but look at you. Like I said, you practice what you preach and I want you people to know what so you're you. daily. Yes, but you really, like, you do it to like the next level. Like I, I, I mess up a lot. Darren goes to bed like at seven o'clock. I can't I call Darren after 7.15 because he's in bed. <laughs> That's you I are. may be laying down, but I <laughs> go to sleep at probably 8.30. 8.30? Okay, so what time do you wake up? Four. Okay. And then what do you do at four? Run down your routine in the next 30 seconds. I make my water. I get my RO water. I put my salts in. I vortex it. That's I, in the first episode with me and Darren, by I, the way. I, I turn on my... I'll thera- link to it. I turn on my Therasage infrared pad. You got to get one of these things. Holy cow. Is this it that thing good? is so... Next level. I've been using their infrared pad for seven years. Now they just made a red light uh, grounding technology tens unit that you can plug in on specific muscles. It's like it's just ridiculous. So good. And you're lying on that every day. Yeah. So so that's where I do my meditation. So I warm that up. I do my and then I create my shake, Mm -hmm. right? And so then I I when you put in your shake, of course, Shakeology. Yeah. Maybe some spirulina, chia seeds, and then handfuls of berries and goji berries and bananas and stuff like that. They're pretty simple in the beginning because then I eat a whole nother smoothie bowl after my workout. Yes. Right. So, so yeah, then I go on the pad, do a meditation, do some journaling, and then and then I'm taking the dogs for their first run, and then I eventually I drink the the first go around and eventually then go to a workout, come back, eat again. What kind of uh, workouts do you do? Besides push rocks, literally. Push, pull, scream. Yeah? How long do yeah. you scream and push and pull for? Uh, it can be 30 minutes to 45 minutes okay. usually. What kind yeah. of workouts are you doing? Like More like resistant training? Pushing? Oh, resistance, yeah. yeah. Sprinting, pulling, screaming to failure. I'm in this mode of just doing everything to failure are you using equipment though now or are you just using the rocks and the tree for pull no no, no i have all i have a bunch of the rogue stuff that i, know, I ordered i'm kidding right and i go to john mcginley's house and we have a whole bunch of stuff there and then on saturdays i've been you should come on saturdays we're hitting the beach in malibu and i have a bunch of people showing up for that really so we're pulling pulling heavy weights on the sand doing sprints doing body weight stuff yeah yeah i'll come invite yeah, yeah. me yeah, next Saturday. Okay, maybe next time. 8.30. No, 8.30, that's right, 8.30. I'm going to try to make that one. Uh, Darren's book is called Fatal Conveniences. It is wonderful. And like I said, and he said, you can use it as a resource book. It could be on the coffee table. It doesn't have to be read all in one shot. It is filled with extraordinary information that can truly like save your life if you actually listen. It really... Definitely can enhance. It can definitely enhance your life. And it's wonderfully, wonderfully done. You can see how much research and time has went into it. And like you said, it's just making these little small tweaks and changes to your life. It doesn't have to be extreme. But even changing something, even you know, one habit a day can make such a huge difference 
in your overall optimization of your health, your overall like life. Um, highly recommend. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, I'm close friends with Darren. Darren, what else is going on or what else do you want to tell people besides to try Baruchas? They're delicious. And Working on a new brand new TV show. I can't really say anything I, that's why I didn't more bring about it, up. it but, I, but, but I am. Actually, you'll appreciate this. My new co-star, which I can't, I was trying to get Clarence to say oh, it before. Because I, I wanted to mention it so badly. But my new co-star apparently said it on, a, on an interview. <gasps> then why can't you but, say it? But they, uh, I'm getting word on it, but that was edited out for the airing of the episode just because they need to condense it. But their team said, yeah, Jason already mentioned it. So. Can I mention it now? No, no, no. I, 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 I don't have clearance yet. Okay, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to say it. Don't worry. But I will say. But it's based in. Let I've me been just... begging Darren to go to any production meeting for the last four months. Begging. Yeah, begging yeah. Darren to go to any most, meeting. W- most women are going to love. No, you don't even, even know. Even though they love the first co-host. Is no, that... no, no. This is like, this is, that, that's child's play compared to the next one. You guys, I'm telling you. <laughs> You don't even know, okay? I've been I've been sitting here being like, why can't I say this? But I'm not, and I still beg you if I can go to any of the next production meetings ever. Well, he's he's not here, so he will eventually be here. Yeah, it's gonna be a while because I have to go to him. I'll go. <laughs> it's I'm, a long way. I don't away. mind. It's a long way. I don't away. mind. I'll be your companion. Anyway, so so, but it's based in problem solution orientation as it relates to the environment. So we're digging into a lot of really cool things that are going on in the world uh, and finding solutions and finding advocates for change and stuff. So um, that I'm really excited about for sure. And I'm hinting at uh, really looking into a because of this book a potential for. A, a clean marketplace, a vetted marketplace, a verified marketplace, so that if you go into it, you know these things are really taken care of instead of thinking they are and they're not. Yeah, absolutely. So, so it's, it's a big undertaking, but I'm strongly considering it. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been great. Thanks, Jennifer. Of course. Bye, everybody. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast.
or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam, on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.